Welcome to the New Beginning Fellowship Church Sermon Podcast. We are glad you are listening to the teaching of the Word of the Lord. We pray that this message encourages you and builds your faith. We also pray that this message is only supplemental to your spiritual growth instead of being a replacement for daily personal Bible study, the pastor you should be submitted to, or the church God would have you to be an active member of. If you live within driving distance of Brobridge, Louisiana, we hope that you would come to visit us during one of our services on Sunday morning or Wednesday night. Service times, ministry information, and giving options are all located on our website at newbeginningfc.com or on our Facebook page at New Beginning Fellowship Church. May the Lord bless you and keep you and make His face to shine upon you. How's everybody doing tonight? Come on. There we go. If some of us need a touch in our body, we were, we're going on for Jesus, amen? No matter what, we're going on for his glory. He's given us the victory. He's given us the strength and the grace to do it, and we're going to continue it no matter what. So praise God. I'd like to go to the book of Hebrews in the 10th chapter. We're going to deal with a couple of verses in there, and I know that these verses have been used to to pound on the church and all that. But I, I want us to really look at it and understand what was going on in the context of this chapter, understand what's going on with the book of Hebrews, why it was written towards the Hebrews and all that, because they were born-again Christians that have just left the uh, Judean faith and all that, and the law of Moses to come into relationship with Jesus Christ. And so there's, there's some things that I believe, and I, I'll just say, I believe that Paul wrote this letter, even though it says the, the author is unknown, if you go look at the first chapter of Hebrews, there's no author name on there. But I believe this is just me and my own opinion that it was the Apostle Paul that wrote it. And, you know, I could be wrong, but I don't see anyone else that knew the law like Paul did. I mean, he was a Pharisee of the Pharisees who was being groomed to take over Gamaliel and all that. And so I, that's my own opinion. And so we're just so thankful for this book. And I know that it's really pointing towards the Jews that became a born again but we still can learn from the Word of God, right? It's God's people. There's neither Jew nor Greek, amen? We are all one in Christ Jesus. We are the church. We are the body of Christ. And we can learn tonight what, what, what's being said here. And what I want to do, just put a little foundation real quick right now, what's going on with this letter. We have to understand that they have been heavily persecuted. They're losing their jobs. They're losing their homes their reputation, you name it. They're losing friends, they're losing family members, all because forsaking all to follow Christ. And so this has been going on for a period, and the author was led to write this letter to encourage them in the faith because they were starting to abandon their faith. They were starting to say, this is too uh, heavy of a price. I can't go on anywhere like this. I paid such a high price, and I just want to abandon this faith and go back to Judaism and the law of Moses and the sacrifices and all that. So the author is warning them. Tell them not to go back to those things because it says that Christ is, has paid for sin once and for all. Amen. The high priest, the everlasting priest, not like the priests of the Old Testament that had to be replaced because they were just mere men. But this is the high priest, everlasting priest, that paid for the price of sin once and for all. So praise God for that, right? So we know that the book of Hebrews is dealing with the better covenant and better promises. Amen. A better covenant and a better promises. And praise God for that. So let's get into the word a little bit here. We'll go to um, Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24. Let me pray real quick. (laughs) 
And Father, we ask for the anointing tonight. Father, we're just thankful tonight just to be, to be able to be in your presence. We ask that you would direct us by your Holy Spirit and your word, which you want to show us tonight. Sometimes it's just stuff that we've heard that had to be repeated, and sometimes we see something new. Lord, open up our eyes and our hearts. And the day and the hour that we're living, Lord, we need you more than ever. We must be the church, Lord. We must be the body of Christ. And we're so thankful for what this letter has to say, even though it's hard in some places, but the truth is the truth. Why? Because you paid it with your precious blood to bring us into relationship. And we're just so thankful for that tonight. In Jesus' name, the church says amen. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24 and 25 says this. It says, and let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works. Verse 25, this is used heavily a lot in the church. Not neglecting or forsaking to meet together as it is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. So here we have the author that he's really, he's exhorting them, he's warning them in this one chapter to stay in the faith because he's seen that there was those that were abandoning the faith. They were leaving the faith because they just could not handle the persecution and the fire that was going on. And so he does his best just to really encourage them and to strengthen them to the faith to let them know that it is worth to follow Christ no matter what the price would be to follow him. Amen. This is awesome what he's saying. He's saying neglecting, you know, not to forsake, not to abandon, not to desert, not to leave. Neglecting means to leave undone or unattended to, especially through carelessness. He says, as all the more as you see the day drawing near. Now, some of the Bible scholars think that the day means uh, when Jerusalem was destroyed. Others believe that it's the day of the Lord, that last day when the Lord finally shows up and cleans house and sets up his, his kingdom and all that. So praise God, and I tend to lean to that. So we're always looking towards the future, right? We know what Christ has done for us in the past. We're here right here in the present, and we know what we're going by faith in the future. And that should bring us much hope in the time that we're living right now when there's just so much chaos, when there's so much going on, so much darkness, so much confusion, that we need the Lord. Amen. We need to be settled, rooted, and grounded in Christ Jesus, knowing what we're seeing and all that. So what I really want to deal with tonight is the assembling of the saints the church itself, the gathering, right, amen? Are you glad to be gathered tonight? Maybe some of you were like, I'm not going to make it tonight, but by God's grace, you made it, and you're here like, I'm glad I'm here. You ever had one of them nights or one of them days? You're battling in your heart and your mind. It's just like it's been a crazy day at work or, you know, something's going on at home, and you know what, I think I'm just going to relax and hang out at home, and then all of a sudden the urging and the unction of the Holy Spirit touches the heart. And he starts dealing with us. The next you know, I'm going to church. I got to be with my family. I got to be with God's people. You know, we, we need to be a blessing to each other when we come together, amen? We just never know who, what our brother and sister is going through. And so, excuse me, I got a cough drop in my mouth. Forgive me. So let's deal with this. So what are the benefits of congregating at a church service? Amen. We know that we're the church, right? The last people are always trying to correct, saying, you know, that the church is not a building, it's the people. Obviously, yes, that's true. And we believe that we have a sanctuary, right? The Father's house. We believe that we gather in there like they did in the Old, Test the Old, uh, the Old Testament with the temple and then in the New Testament with the synagogues, and now we have the church, amen? I, mean, I should say the sanctuary. 
And so what's the, one of the main things that we need? What's some of the benefits that we have within the church? Well, we're going to build the foundation with the love of, right, agape love. There's got to be love in the house. Amen. And that is affection or benevolence or the Philadelphia, you know, the brotherly love. The world needs to know that they feel the love of Christ when they walk into the sanctuary knowing that there is love here. And I don't know about you, but we all have been created to be loved or to belong to something. Amen. And I said that I did the other week too about that's what, why we have gangs and all these other groups because there's just in the human nature to belong to something or know that somebody cares about you. And there ain't no love like God's love. I'm telling you, that gospel experience of being saved again, born again, knowing and being overwhelmed by the presence of, of the Holy Spirit at conversion, <laughs> the born again experience is overwhelming. And we can testify to that, the love of God. As much as I love my wife, as much as she loves me, I love my grandchildren, all that, but God loves us even more and deeper than that. But we still can have some of him, huh? some of that attribute of his love, to love one another. And so praise God. That's what, that's what we need. 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verse 14 says this, let all that you do be done in love. And it's not always easy, is it? Is it always easy sometimes? Amen. As a, as a young Christian, my misconception about love is that it's this strong emotion and lovey-dovey. No, it's way beyond that. Amen? And it's way beyond Yeah, there's times that we sense that, but it goes way beyond that. And so really love is a, a deed. It, it work, you see it. It's working through the gospel. It's working through our life. It's working around the people that we love. Amen? So Ephesians chapter 4 Verse 15 and 16 says this about love. It says, rather speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head into Christ. And here we go. From whom the whole body, who's that? Us, joined and held together by every joint which, with which it is equipped. When each part is working properly, makes the body grow, so it builds itself up in love. Come on. It builds us up. We build up. In love, in the love of God within the body of Christ. I love it. We all know the chapter, chapter 13 of 1 Corinthians, right? Verse 4 and 5 go like this. Love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. And I'm already being convicted just by reading some of this stuff because we know where we're at and we need God's grace. Amen. That's one thing that I pray that certainly when you folks come here and you begin to follow the church with Pastor Brad, our senior pastor, that they would feel the love of God when they walk in here. That's what they need to do. They need to sense the love of God and know that this is supernatural. This comes from Christ. This comes from the Father expressing that at the cross by having his son sacrifice and the wrath of God being poured upon him. And so praise God. So that's one of the things that we have benefits of congregating together. We have the love of God that, that keeps us together. It's like the glue that keeps us together as the body of Christ. Number two, the other like, the word I like to use real quick is encourage or encouragement. And we all need it sometimes. Hmm? You ever come to church and you're just like down, you're just down. You're discouraged. You know, the opposite of encourage, discourage. In other words, like a, a lack of hope. I mean, we just, we're just down in the rudder, and we're just, we're just really hurting, and we're discouraged. And we have a perfect example that Paul and Barnabas went into a synagogue, 
All right, let me, let me uh, say encourage us to inspire with hope. Acts chapter 13 verse 15, uh, through, uh, verse 15 says, Barnabas and Saul at the synagogue. After the reading from the law of the prophets, the rulers of the synagogue sent a message to them saying, brothers, if you have any word of encouragement for the people, say it. Now you have to understand, <laughs> when you really read out this whole scripture, this is a, a perfect opportunity for Paul to be able to, to proclaim Christ in a synagogue because they were against that. I mean, the name of Jesus was not popular in the synagogue. So here they are. You want to, okay, you want a word of encouragement? I'm going to give you the gospel in about five minutes and we're going to get thrown out. But they did it because out of love and because they wanted to encourage the people. They wanted to show them a better way. That it's not all the rituals and the rules and laws, but it's a heart change and the empowerment of the Spirit to help us to live right. And so we continue. How about Acts chapter 15, verse 30 through 31? Remember they had the Jerusalem council, and they were talking about whether uh, the Gentiles would be circumcised or not. And they came to the conclusion that no. Nah. And then what they did, they wrote a letter and told the Gentiles exactly what they need to do. And so this is what Paul, Judas and Silas delivers to that congregation, that church setting. It says, so when they were dismissed, they came to Antioch, and when they had gathered the multitude together, they delivered the epistle. So when they were sent off, they went down to Antioch, and having gathered the congregation together, they delivered the letter, verse 31, and when they read it, they rejoiced because of its encouragement. Amen? Encouragement. You know, sometimes we can miss the boat. Leadership, sometimes we miss the boat of encouraging someone. You can pass by somebody and not even, you know, and it hurts. And, you know, we're learning this. We're learning this. But it's very important that we try to encourage one another, amen, and make a phone call. You agree? A text to somebody, hey, how you doing? How's everything going? You know, and I'm guilty. Believe me, I'm getting just the conviction starts setting in because we know sometimes we're just not doing that. But, you know, it should be a place of encouragement too. Uh, we're, we're living in a time where there's so much discouragement and some people, so much just bad news and people are just really, we're not careful, we can just really let that just roll in our minds and meditate in our hearts and just bad, 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 bad. And we have to encourage one, and, you know, one another knowing it's not always going to be this way. It's not always going to be this way. It's not. There's coming a kingdom. I mean, we're part of that kingdom right now. But one day it's going to manifest itself fully on that day. And it's not going to be what we're seeing now in this crazy world. Amen. I always say it all the time that we are in this world, but we're not of this world. Or we're not a part of this right here. We are the part of the kingdom of God. Amen. So we doubt a little bit with love. We doubt a little bit with encouragement. Now let's deal with the prayer. Hey, how many of us like prayer? Amen. How many of us could testify? You came to church. You asked for prayer. The body prayed for you. And God moved. I'm not going to say every time, but a lot of times, God moved. And I love it. The Bible says, wherever two or three are gathered in my name, amen. That's the church. But we're talking about a church city. I'm talking about the sanctuary city. But when we come together, there's something about when we pray together and we pray for one another, something happens. James chapter 15, verse 16 talks about healing. It says, therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. Amen. <laughs> that you may be healed. How many of us can testify that? You said, Pastor, you said, hey, or you just walked out, I need prayer. The saints gather around, anointed with oil, and boom, God move. 
So it's very beneficial. You see, it's beneficial that we come to the house of God and gather together to be encouraged, to be loved, to pray for one another, to strengthen one another. Amen? And so we continue with that. What about prayer for boldness? There's times that we have great fear of circumstances in our life. We might be facing a financial difficulty or sickness or one of our kids or whatever. Or just Something just came up and the fear wants to grip our heart. And this part in the scripture, what's going on is really Peter and they were threatened of their life. <laughs> it's the first time they were threatened by the council in the book of Acts. And this is what they did. Acts chapter 4 verse 31 says this. And when they had prayed, the place in which they were gathered together was shaken. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and continued to speak the word of God with boldness. So they came together, amen, it's still a setting, it's a church setting, we, let's have the mindset that in the book of Acts, it wasn't like we have now, it was from house to house, that's how they met up, house to house, that's just the way the church began in that day, until later on they could build, but that was the church, the people in the house. And so they prayed for boldness and they got that. What other prayers were being benefited through prayer with the body of Christ? How about Acts 12 verse 2? The prayer of deliverance for Peter. Remember, they arrested Peter. <laughs> they put him in jail. The angel of the Lord comes and unlocks the door. He says, get out here, go speak the words of life. <laughs> Peter's like probably thinking that he's dreaming for about a couple of minutes till he gets outside. And he's like, hey, I'm free. This ain't no dream or vision. <laughs> Amen. So he says, uh, verse 12 says, when he realized this, he went to the house of Mary, the mother of John, whose other name was Mark, where many were gathered together and were praying. And they were praying for Peter. And when God delivered, they, didn't, they had disbelief. <laughs> they said, hey, Peter's out the door. No, that must be his angel. Close the door. You're, you're seeing things. We see the power of prayer and what, what God can do within his people in his church. <laughs> it's, it, it's, it's remarkable. It's just phenomenal what God can do. That's how the, the, the pre-church started this way. Acts chapter 2 verse 14 says, All these with one accord were devouting themselves to prayer together with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and his brothers. And so they were all together seeking the Lord and waiting for the promise of the prayer. And whoo, voila, it came. And boy, did the Holy, the Holy Spirit come in a new dimension in a powerful way. And they were all filled and praised God. And so there's just some of the things, the benefits of coming and gathering together we just never know what God's going to do amongst us. We just never know what he's going to do. It might happen before even, you know, start the service or even after. But just how God works, it's mysterious. But there's something about his people coming together. Amen. In one mind and one accord. And the truth is that we're living in an age, the American, the American um, lifestyle or culture is seeming that church services are not as priority to them as they were at one time. And that's what we're getting. It's sad to say, I'm not trying to throw fingers or punches at anyone. I'm just saying, I'm stating the fact that it's starting to become less, less prioritized on the top list of what we should have as a Christian family or Christian believers. And we need to teach our kids, amen. We need to teach our kids about these things, about the house of God is, is important and about who Jesus is and all these things that they would know. You know, it's up to us. It's up to us to show this world why it's so important that we gather together. And there's a blessing within it all, man. How much more? There's times that I've walked in here, or I know that you have, just so discouraged and coming in and just hearing the praise and worship music or the worship music, and you're discouraged, and then all of a sudden the Holy Spirit starts dealing with you. He starts soothing your heart and your mind. He starts strengthening you and your faith. 
That's what he can do. So praise God. We deal a little bit with prayer and love, encouragement. Now let's deal with this one. 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10 says this. As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. And so here we go. Each and every one of us have some gift from the Lord to be able to do what? To bless one another within the body of Christ. Amen? How many times do you bless somebody by just doing what you're doing just to be a blessing in their life, no matter what it is? If we can get into a little bit into the, uh, you know, I, I'm not going to go too deep, but we know the gifts of the Spirit. The nine of them that are spoken in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and talks a little bit more about the, the vocal part of it in 14, chapter 14. But just knowing, and what's, what's the purpose of the gifts? They are to build up and to edify the body of Christ. You never know. You come in here, you've been seeking the Lord, praying, and somebody has that, that word for you. Somebody has something that you need to hear just on time, and it becomes a blessing. Somebody has the gift of healing. You're sick, and they go lay hands on you, and guess what? You are healed. Somebody comes up and says, you know what? This is what the Lord has shown me, what you're going through, but he's saying he's going to pull you out. You see all the different blessings of the gifts that can be used to encourage one another. Understand, you are part of the body of Christ. It's not the leadership. It's not someone that's highly gifted or whatever. It's the body of Christ. Everybody has a gift to bless each and every one of us. Whatever it is, it's to use for the benefit of the body of Christ, amen, and to build up and to strengthen and to encourage. And that's what we need. I, I titled this message, I should have said beginning, not forsaking the assembling, you know, not neglecting, not pulling away, but coming together in one mind and one accord, you know, worshiping the Lord in spirit and truth and sticking together. And, <laughs> and there, there's just so much to be said on that. The book, book of Acts has given a really good example of what it really is to be in one mind and one accord. So what else do we got? It also says, I believe, 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 26, if I'm correct. Forgive me, I didn't put the, the chapter number. I'm guessing on that. What then, brothers, when you come together, each one has a hymn, a lesson, a revelation, a tongue, or an interpretation. Let all things be done for building up. Amen. To sing, to encourage, to love, and to build up. This is what this is about, to build up. And so praise God. So we deal a little bit with, with the, the, the gifts. So what are, let's deal a little bit just, I think I only got one or two verses for this one. Fellowship. That's what we're doing. We're together, right? What does fellowship mean? Association, community, communion, joint participation. Acts chapter 2 verse 42 says this. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. Hmm. So there was fellowship there. And I know that, that's one thing that's really hard in our American lifestyle is besides this church setting and service of getting together and truly, really breaking bread. And, uh, you know, help us, Lord. I'm guilty, to be honest with you. We all are. Please don't take this like I'm trying to bang anyone. No, no, it's not that. I'm just trying to encourage us to stick together. 
That's, that, that's what this is about. All that, that, side, that, that side of the preaching has been used. <laughs> I mean, you, you keep hitting people. It's not going to work. You got you to gotta encourage them and love them. You got to just show them what the word says. And so praise God. So there's fellowship. Amen. The Bible says, <laughs> you know, we fellowship either with, the, with light or we fellowship in darkness. There can't be no in-between, amen? We are children of light, so we fellowship with one another. We fellowship with Christ and the Father through the Holy Spirit. And so, it's, I mean, the picture that I see of a fellowship is just being around a table and just eating and just hanging out, just talking, just hanging out, spending some time. And so praise God. So there's so many benefits that we can have just by gathering together in his name and being together, Amen. And the next one I would say a little bit is worship. How of us love worship. And I know, I, I want to make sure that I, I, I say this right. You know, our lives are supposed to be a worship unto God all the way around. But I'm just specifically just talking about the church setting of music, okay? Worshiping the Lord. So don't get me wrong. We do with our lives have to, we are to worship him with our whole life. But there's something about when the music is just flowing and the anointing of the Holy Spirit is flowing through that music, how God can really touch your heart and minister it and encourage you and strengthen you. And that's what we need. There's been several times I've come in and I'm like, woo, by the time that third or fourth song kicked in, I was like ready to go. I came in here like, Lord, I'm just, I was like, hallelujah, thank you. Jesus, ready to stomp on some devils in the name of Jesus. Right? Because it encourages you. The worship of God is spiritual too, not just physical. And the music that's being uh, worshipped unto him is spiritual too. And there's just something supernatural that happens when we raise our hands up, when we call upon his name, we meditate upon him as we're hearing the music because we want to exalt him and praise him. And there's just something about anointed music that touches the throne room of God because of our worship. And I'm telling you, praise God. When you get to that level of worship and then get to a level of not even no music, then you're really truly understanding what worship is unto God. We're going to do that. That's what it says in the book of Revelation, amen. We're just practicing. Everything that we're doing here in the sanctuary is a, a, is a practice. You know, practice makes perfect. And literally, this is going to be perfected in that day, all that we're doing for his glory. And I'm not trying to exclude Ministry as far as outreach and gospel and souls and all that and lost family members. I'm just talking about the benefit for the church body to be healthy so we can work together and be strengthened with one another so we can do the work. And so worship, I just, uh, there's nothing like, like that music that exalts the name of Jesus. When I was in the secular world, that's all I loved was music of all different types, just but. When I started hearing gospel music, I was just blown away because it's spiritual. Touched my heart, touched my mind, made me cry, made me just deal with my heart. I'm like, this is different. This is phenomenal. Well, it's, it's alive. It's the Holy Spirit dealing with our heart. It's anointing, but it's spiritual. It's from God. And so what else does worship do? Worship prepares the heart and the mind Ultimately, for the Word of God. We walk in, things are on our mind, whether it's whatever it is, and we start worshiping the Lord, start settling down, start getting to that point. All of a sudden, our hearts are peaceful in our mind, and now we can start hearing 
the Word of God. It's very important. It's very important that we try our best to preach and teach the Word of God, to inspire, to instruct, sometimes to correct, but it's always to point us to Christ and to be more like Him. And I hate to say, but there is a famine of the Word of God in this nation to a point. And we need to get back to that point of preaching it. <laughs> what, what did Jesus use against the enemy when he was tempting him in the desert? The word. Amen. He said, not, man shall not live by what? By bread alone, but what? But by every word that's proceeded out of the mouth of God. This is the proclaiming of the word of God. You know, faith come by hearing, hearing by the word of God. It's very important that we hear that word. Acts chapter 5, verse 42 says this, And every day in the temple, from house to house, they did not cease teaching and preaching that the Christ is Jesus. And our Lord was a perfect example, even in his ministry. How many times was he running around preaching the gospel? Repent and believe on the gospel. Repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. Amen? If we're going to see a change in our nation, if we're going to see a change in certain things, it's going to come through the preaching of the gospel. It's going to come through the anointed preaching behind the pulpit, the man of God or woman of God or whatever vessel God wants to use to see some things change because we need it now more than everything. It's not by might. It's not by power. It is by my spirit, says the Lord. Amen. We're dealing with the spiritual thing right now in this nation. We, I, I'm, I'm guilty. I look at things physically, and I say we need to take care of it this way. But we also have to remember that there's a spiritual realm that we have to deal with too. Hallelujah. And I'll tell you what. And the enemy doesn't like that. When the gospel, when the word is preached powerfully, that it starts affecting people. It's, it starts affecting those that are lost and souls, and yet their hearts touch and they get redeemed. They get born again. Their life is changed. That's what we need. And so that's what the church needs, that we stay in the word for his glory and to proclaim it to this lost and dying world that's getting darker and darker. But it's time for the church light to light up, be lighter and lighter. What greater opportunity. Uh, we can sit here and say, oh, my Lord, the sky is falling. Like, the, what was that? I forget the crazy. Or we could say, God's still in control. We're going forward with his kingdom. The man's going to try to do whatever he wants. They can, they can make all the plans they want in this world system. They can devise all kind of stuff, but they have to go through the permission of God's power in his hand. They can try everything they want. But until God ultimately says, okay, now is the time for these things to be fulfilled in prophecy. But until that point, God is still in control. And that's in whom we serve. And that's whom we're practicing right now because we're going to see him one day. Praise God. So I really just want to encourage you with some word about how much we really truly need each other. And I'm, I'm feeling some conviction about some things. I'm my mind just saying that. But we truly need each other. I pray. I'm here to tell you, uh, Sunday morning is my favorite service. I love this one too. But just knowing, just gathering with the people of God there's something just different about that. It sets the day for you. You come to church, the Lord moves, you bless him, things happen, and then you leave for the day, but you know that you have touched the throne room of God. You have felt his presence of the Holy Spirit. Something has happened, and then some of us will go out to, to these restaurants for lunch, and the glory is upon your face, and the presence of the Holy Spirit is upon you. What a perfect opportunity to let people Taste to see that the Lord is good. I say this a million times, but they sense the presence of God. They look at you. They're like, you're very different, and you're very odd. What's going on with you? Well, praise God. I'm glad you noticed. Let me talk to you about this Jesus. 
And so praise God. Just really want to encourage you tonight with that. Amen. <laughs> Woo, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. God is good. We're going forward no matter what. Excited. Just, uh, <laughs> just a lot of things are pointing to his soon return. And only, like I said before, we all know. Only he knows when he's coming back. We don't know. But, woo, it's, uh, it's very exciting what's going on lately. It's like, mm, it, it, it's, it's a chance really to point this nation back to God. Because a lot of our politicians, a lot of leaders don't have the answer what to do with our economy, with a lot of other things. And only the head of God would be able to intervene and help us. And what a perfect, perfect chance and opportunity, you know, for the Lord to move in. So just be encouraged tonight. Amen. God is for you. He's fighting for you. He's seeing you through. He loves you. He's got a plan for your life. He's been working that out, and he's using you. And that's what we want. We want to be used for his glory. We gather together to be strengthened, encouraged, and then go right back out. Amen? That's what we're doing. We're going right back out, whether at the job site or wherever family members, like I said. But we're going right back out with the gospel and with the glory of God in our heart to touch this world. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. That's what a mouthful. <laughs> mm, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Can we stand? Thank you, Lord. God is good. Thank you, Lord. Mm. He's good. He knows what he's doing. Father, we just thank you tonight, Lord. Lord, I pray right now as we get ready to depart, not from your presence, but just to depart, Lord, to our homes, Lord. We are still together in the spirit. We are the body of Christ. Father, you know the needs of this congregation, Lord. Whether Whatever it is, financially or physically, you need a healing of the body, mentally, whatever it is, we're asking you to meet that need, God, that you would get the glory. We also pray for the other churches locally around here. Help them pastors too, Lord, the work they're doing. We ask you to help all the other Christian schools too and our school. Help us, Lord, to be a light. Help us to make some kind of a difference, Lord. We just give you all the praise and glory, Lord. We ask you, Lord, to have your way in our life and help us, Lord. Direct us. Direct Pastor Brandon's heart, his mind, Lord, the leading of this church, this ministry. You know all things, Lord, and we just trust you, Lord, and we pray. According to your will, Lord, in Jesus' name, and the church says amen. Shake hands and be friendly. Good night. Love.